Before we get started with the podcast today, we want to give a special thank you to Eve Ozer. Uh, Eve was our very first listener to make a donation to the podcast using a new feature on the website, www.messystudiopodcast.com. We're launching a new phase of the podcast in which we're asking for listener support in moving forward. Yeah, thanks so much, Eve. Um, Our content has been and always will be completely free. We're committed to that. And we've never pushed for donations. But by now, whether you've been listening every week or only once in a while, you've still gotten a lot of information and food for thought. Um, We've had hours of discussion about art practice, art business, interviews with guest artists, website tips, useful links, on and on and on. Uh, And now we're asking you to consider what has that been worth to you and what will it be worth to you in the future? What have you learned so far? What what surprised you? What led you to investigate an idea further? Whatever it is that you enjoy about us, you can expect more of that in the future. We really love bringing you this podcast, but Rebecca and I both devote hours each week to this, planning, recording, editing, and publishing. As an entrepreneur, I believe in receiving something back for what I do, what we do, and until now, we've relied on your kind comments, reviews, and in helping to spread the word. That's all very much appreciated and hopefully to be continued. But now, our new website features a new way to show your appreciation, a donate button. And we're asking you to think about what you value about the podcast and to make a donation that feels right to you. All you have to do is click the button on our website at www.messystudiopodcast.com and follow the prompts. An automatic monthly donation is really great because it's something we can count on and it's really helpful to know of your ongoing interest. In terms of how much, that could be as little as $5 a month, an amount most of us wouldn't actually miss. I mean, we spend it that much and more on just little things like a cup of coffee or a snack or a parking meter. Uh, Certainly, if you're so inclined, we'd appreciate a larger monthly donation or a one-time donation in any amount. Um, If you can't donate, we still love you, and we hope you'll keep listening. In your home, in your car, on a walk, in the gym, or in your studio. Messy or otherwise. Thanks Thanks a a lot, lot, everybody. everybody. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I'm Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about what mentoring is all about. Working with a mentor is a long tradition in the art world, in which a less experienced artist looks to one who is more experienced for guidance and training. Is art mentoring still important in the age of instructional videos, books, workshops, and artist groups? What do we gain from having a mentor or from mentoring other people? Today, we will talk about the unique offerings of mentorships and tips for both mentors and mentees. Our focus today is on the more informal kinds of mentoring as opposed to more formal or paying relationships. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everybody. So a lot of times in the podcast, we talk about different ways of learning for artists, and those include things like videos, workshops, and so on. But today we want to focus on this um, topic of mentorship. Um, It's not something I've done a lot of myself in a formal way. Uh, My energy's just gone more into teaching and um, the book, the video, and those are also forms of mentoring, but they're not ongoing and personal mentoring, and that's really what we want to focus on. But I, I do have some experience with this, um, both formal and informal, and I know other people who do it, so um, 
there's a lot to, to consider here. And just to give you a, a definition of what is mentorship, um, I got this definition from Wikipedia. It says it's a relationship in which a more experienced or more knowledgeable person helps to guide a less experienced or less knowledgeable person. The mentor may be older or younger than the person being mentored, but he or she must have a certain area of expertise. Um, and I think this definition covers a lot because it includes also being mentored without personal contact. And that's what you would get from something like um, just following somebody, an artist that you admire at a distance and paying attention to things they say and they do. And maybe you've never met the person, but you still are being guided by them or informed by them. And this is, I think this is where the all that information available to us online uh, overlaps with this older tradition of mentoring. And I, I've heard a lot of artists say, uh, refer to people that they've never met as their mentors. So I think that's a that's a pretty broad definition. But like I like we said, we're f- focusing on this more personal type of mentoring where you actually know the person. And specifically today on people that really are part of your life, part of the circle of people that you know and that have influenced um, your life as an artist. And oftentimes they're people that you know, just kind of happen. There are people that you meet or people that are your friends, or maybe they were um, an instructor at one time, but they've stayed in your life. And it's very, it's quite informal. Yeah, I think that the, the, the mentorship title really implies a more personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that somebody might even put on a resume or something where so-and-so was my mentor. Sure. Or, you know, we, we think going back to, uh, you know, ancient times of that line of Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, you know, and, and I think that mentorship really implies a very direct and personal relationship. Right. Um, and that still can be achieved at distance these days, um, maybe more through like Skype or um, email or something like that. But I, I feel like um, in order to call someone your mentor, you really need mm-hmm. to have that. Yeah. Like they need to know who you are, too. You know? <laughs> That's true. I think the term gets tossed around a bit. Uh, like a lot of things, there's kind of broad definitions and more precise. But I agree. It does imply that the person who's mentoring you knows about you and knows you personally. These kind of mentors that we're going to focus on today are people that actually have been part of your life and they have this amazing ability to know your history and know who you are and know your background, um, depending on how well you know them. But it's a personal connection that really is so, um, it's so important. It's so wonderful. It's something to be very grateful for because you can't buy it. Right. I mean, there are there are ways to, to buy mentorship, and we'll talk about that in our next episode. But these people that just have appeared in your life, um, they're, they're pretty amazing. And I think most of us can point to somebody, at least, that somebody who's given you support, given you encouragement, um, ideas, people who are role models. And I I can think of a couple of those people in my own life in college. And in particular, when I was um, a teenager, a young teenager, I had a very important art teacher in my life in school. And I knew her personally because I was friends with her daughter. And so I would go to her house and I would see that she had a studio, that she had artist friends, that she was producing for shows. And she took an interest in me and she would take me places and talk to me about my work. She's actually the one that introduced me to the whole idea of abstraction, which really wasn't something I was aware of. 
so she showed me, you know, leading an artist's life. She was a role model. And um, it's just such a sweet story because many years later, she took one of my workshops in cold wax and it was like it came full circle. But I've always looked at her as as a mentor, as somebody early on who who really opened up my mind to, you know, possibility. And I think um, most most artists can at least think of somebody that had at least some influence in that way, somebody they knew. Wow, and what and what an impact that person had, you know, because they set your I whole know. life in motion. <laughs> and now, you know, we have this podcast, you have yeah. the book and, and the educational series and the workshops that you've done. Yeah. And you've had that impact on so many people worldwide. And... Yeah. <laughs> I'm blushing. Well, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think one of the things That's about... the power of mentorship. It though. is, and especially with a young person. If anyone listening has that ability to mentor personally, a younger person, a, a young teenager, a teenager, even a child, and just showing them the possibilities, and especially if you yourself are an artist and can give that role model of, of you know, you're leading your life this way, it's pretty powerful. Um, so that's that's a whole category of people that, yeah, they're they're part of your life in some way, even if it's a memory, even if it's in the past. And then we talked about the paid mentorships, which we'll get to later. But I think there's this also kind of an odd gray area, and um, I guess it's sort of like what we were talking about, where people talk about someone as their mentor, but they've never really met them. Um, a lot. There are times when an artist wants advice from someone. Um, with and the mentor isn't someone they know, and it isn't a friend, and it isn't somebody they've hired to do this. Uh, so I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that in in a little bit because it's kind of a it's kind of a fraught area. Um, and uh, I think as a as a personal mentor, um, if you're in the position of mentoring, know like kind of know your limitations and be clear about what you know and you don't know. Um, try to understand when to give advice and when to hold back. And this, again, it's, it's complicated. We're going to go into this in a little bit more. So that gray area, um, there's when people have expectations of you as an artist, say you had a, a student in a, for, in a workshop in the past, or you are that student who was in a workshop, and you have questions and you want to follow up. Some of that is fine, and I think most workshop instructors are fine with a follow-up email or something but when I say gray area I mean an expectation that that would continue or an expectation that uh, that you could reach out to somebody that you've never met and ask them a bunch of stuff and, and want their input send them pictures of your work and that sort of thing and it usually comes across as uh, presumptuous because you don't have that standing with that person and I, I can say that I have received emails from people completely out of the blue that were, you know, like 16 paragraphs long full of questions, you know. And honestly, I just, I can't even deal with that. I think, well, why, why would I take the time to answer all this? It's something that you might hire me to answer all these questions, but our time is valuable and our focus is valuable as artists. And so I just bring that up because I think it's important to have some clarity, whether the person is your friend or whether they, somebody you don't know, have some clarity about what this is go, what's going on here. So 
in your own mind have some clarity that we don't approach people expecting a whole lot of information. Some information is fine. A question or two, that's fine. But when there's an expectation of a real learning experience from someone that you approach that person, then that's not really right. If the person openly, generously opens up to you and gives you information, that's wonderful. And, you know, it, it's wonderful when that happens. But that's that's kind of unusual. Right. I, I think that, that the mistake that a lot of people are making is they don't really understand the art of the cold call. You know, when you're calling up somebody out of the blue or sending them an email out of the blue, um, you know, there's certain things that are going to help you to to ensure a response. And if that response develops into a further relationship, mm -hmm. then that that can be mutually beneficial. Um, but I mean, I've I've had a lot of su success in my life from from cold calling mm -hmm. um, going way, way back. And, and I'm not afraid of of cold calling somebody. But you there's an expectation um, that you want to uh, keep things short keep things simple. Um, you know, you don't want to lay too much on a person at once. And, um, and you want to be very kind of open about the possibility of things developing further, but not have an expectation of it. Well, right. The, the expectation for should be for reciprocity. Right. I mean, if you call somebody, you cold call somebody, you're, you're offering something. Right. Exactly. Yes. If, because you have a business. If an artist cold calls another artist for information, what are they going to offer in return? Right. And it's right. not that it always has to be an equal thing or a money exchange or anything, but there should be something. Right. And, you, and you should test the waters and say, do you mind if I ask you a question? Um, if it's longer than just a short one, you know, do you mind if, if I ask you for some advice? And the artist may well say, I do offer advice, but here's my rates, you know. Well, and if, <laughs> if, you're seek, if what you're seeking is a mentorship, which a lot of people are, just yeah. psychologically, yes. a lot of people are waiting for a mentor to enter their life. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and in sales, this is something that's actually very useful for us. And I can maybe talk about that a little bit later. Um, but uh, a lot of people are psychologically looking for this. And one of the best ways is to, um, offer somebody um, like your services as a, a studio assistant, mm -hmm. for for instance. Right, if a you barter. Wanna, yeah, if you want to approach somebody who is local to you, so that you know you could meet this person in real life, not just on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, and you could offer them, you know, hey, I can prep canvases for you or something like that. Mm -hmm. You have some knowledge base that you can work mm -hmm. off of and grow off of. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, I, I've gotten a lot of jobs by cold calling places that really didn't know that they were hiring when they picked up the phone. Uh -huh. But by the time I got off the phone with them, it turned out <laughs> that they were, you yeah. know, so that, that can be something that's very useful for you. Um, oh, yeah. If you want to find a mentor and develop that relationship is look at who is in your local community who's doing well um, and who you can learn from and approach them and say, hey, I'd like to help you out with whatever I can. You know, mm -hmm. here's what I know how to do. And yeah, I think that's that's all good. And that that is a more formal thing where you're, you're actually going out and looking for some uh, someone and whether you pay them or whether you barter some sort of service. Um, there's a lot of ins and outs of of all of that. And I think. I think it's a it's a touchier situation when it is somebody that you know, and I I think that gray areas 
is I didn't really want to make a huge big deal about it. It does happen. And I wanted to bring it up just so you think about whether you have enough of a relationship with somebody to just ask them stuff. Because think about maybe your friends and other professions like let's or, you know, anything that they do. Let's say, you know, somebody who's an auto mechanic and you know, you might say, hey, would you mind taking a ride for me? And would you think there's something wrong with my car? It's making this weird noise. And they might say, sure, and go for a ride and say, yeah, I think, you know, it's this or that. And then you don't say, well, would you fix it for me? <laughs> you know, like expecting them to just do it for free. Right. You would say, oh, okay, well, I'll take it in. You know, like that sort of casual advice is one thing um, with a friend. Um but when you're actually asking them to kind of knuckle down and meet with you regularly and all that stuff, that really is kind of a, a different category. I, I just think reciprocity is very important. And so if you if you have this wonderful relationship with a friend and they are freely giving advice to you about your work, um, I think recognizing that that's a rare privilege and, and being grateful and and expressing your gratitude in some way, you know, maybe you take them out to lunch or buy them an art book or something, you know, give something back that says, I really appreciate this. This is a professional service that you're giving me, even though we're doing it as friends. Right. And when somebody's a professional, their time is very, very valuable. And for them to give of their time is something that a lot of people, I think, don't really understand just how much that that costs yeah, the and person I, who's giving that time and that advice. No, that's very true. And I think I think one of the things that the mentor might appreciate is is knowing specifically how they're helping you so that you're you're giving feedback. Yes, when you told me about this compositional issue, here's what I did with it. You know, here's how I changed things. And at least the the mentor, the person who's acting as a mentor, your friend, feels like, yeah, that's rewarding to see that um that progress because they're your friend. They like you. They care about you. But unless you give back to them, they don't, it can sour. I mean, they can start to feel like, oh, it's just give, give, and you're taking, taking. Um, another way is just to um, show interest in their work. And you might think, oh, well, they're this big professional. They don't care, you know, what I think. But they do. I mean, you're their friend. So they want you to, to know about their exhibits, to go to their exhibits, to look in their studio and you know, show interest in their work, because we're all human, you know, and that's important. So, I mean, don't discount your own importance to your mentor friend. They want something back from you as well. And you can give it just by being yourself and showing appreciation. And those are all the, the really good sides of having this sort of relationship with a friend. Um, I think there's a little, there's a few things to kind of watch out for. And that is, I've seen this happen where, they, someone has this personal relationship with someone who's mentoring them, and they become sort of overly influenced by that person and because of the personal relationship, right? The, you know, the wanting to please your friend, the wanting to stay on their good side or whatever it is. And so it, it's possible that it is not always a truly honest relationship. And sometimes it is, and those are the very best. But just kind of be aware uh, on both sides of that equation. If if the communication becomes difficult because there are issues that seem like if you address them, it's going to wreck something. It's going to alter your friendship. Right. And then I would say if there are, just acknowledge them and say, maybe 
Maybe you need somebody else's help with this one. <laughs> you know, anyway, for both people to try to be quite objective about what's going on. Um, and I guess from the other side of the whole thing, as a mentor, um, and I, I personally have experience with this, with, with helping friends out, helping friends get started with things, helping people who are further along. And it's really rewarding. I mean, you see, you see something that perhaps you planted a seed and you see it develop and grow and, and it's, you know, it really does, it feels really good. And you see the whole picture, you see what this might mean for their life, you know, what, what this is helping them with in a, in a way that you wouldn't if it was a more formal relationship and you kind of understand that you're having this good impact and, you know, that's a lovely thing. So there are, of course, you know, things to watch out for. Yeah. What are some of the pitfalls of, well, of mentorship? A pitfall would be understanding it's not about you. I mean, right. if you are giving this freely to your friend, it's not about you. Um, and as I said, you may appreciate their interest in your work, but your advice to them should be as objective as possible. And it should be also free of, you know, the need to control what they're doing. Like you right. might look at a friend and say, oh, you should really be doing X, Y, or Z with your work. And they may choose not to do it and say, well, okay, you know, that's that's not a reflection of my importance to you or anything else. It's your own path. And I think it, because of the relationship, it can fall into some ego stuff. Yeah. Um, and putting your ego aside and thinking about how it's going to, how things are going to affect other people is good advice for all people in all circumstances. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So, so to be truly generous, as we talked about in our last podcast and to truly act out of friendship, you won't have these issues, but I, Again, I've sort of seen, I've heard people talk about this sort of downside where a friend became too controlling, too uh, inserting themselves too much into the person's studio life. Well, it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, like when you're growing up and there's like the kid who shows up with their project and it was clearly like the whole thing was done by their parents. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I mean, they have the best project in the class, but did they did they do the work? And everybody's kind of rolling their eyes, like, oh well, so and so's mom did that whole thing, you know? <laughs> well, right, and it it becomes quite obvious if you're overly influenced, and you know, I think we've said before that this is to be expected for a period of time. It's fine when you start out because if you don't have role models and you don't have mentors. Of course, this person is going to have a pretty big impact on you. And then it's an evolution of working your way out of that, finding your own voice. And that can be a little threatening for the mentor to say, um, I suppose, like parenting, you know, you've you've tried so hard to, to um, guide this person and to influence this person. And at some point they say, usually when they're, what, like 14, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, back off, you know, <laughs> this is my life. And... If, if you're working with someone as a friend, that could be a really difficult moment. Um, I don't think you'd have that moment if you had been pretty open and objective all along. And if you do have that moment, I think it's an indication that you've been a little overbearing in some way. And, you know, when you get right down to it, we're talking about friendships here. And right. most of us don't want to do anything to damage a friendship. So... 
that's why I bring up these sort of pitfalls because it can it can go in some weird ways that you don't want it to. <laughs> well, and like with all relationships, you kind of have to accept that people are going to move in and out of your life and very few of your human relationships in life are permanent. Yeah. You know, people people drop off for a few years and then they come back and mm-hmm. then they're off doing something else. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, you just got to kind of accept like people are going to live their own lives. And yeah, uh, hopefully our paths cross again and we can <laughs> appreciate each other when we do. But yeah. it's, you don't want it's it's that whole ego thing. It's not about you. They're going to do what they're going to do with their life. And I think anytime you you intersect uh, friendship with another agenda, whatever it is. Right, which mentorship is by definition. Yes, it's another agenda, uh, whether it's a uh, entering a business relationship or starting a big project or something with someone who's your friend. You know, there are there are things like we're talking about to watch out for and try to avoid, and they can creep up on you without realizing it. Uh, well, uh, we're kind of at a, a bit of a breaking point, I think, here. Uh, do you have any final thoughts to, to wrap up this episode and we can kind of continue this discussion in, sure. in another episode? I had some thoughts about kind of mentorship and human psychology and the, and the sales process, but I think maybe that'll fit better with, yeah. with another episode. Yeah, this one has really been about those kind of things that... Relationships More informal. That, yeah, and... relationships that you, you look at in your life, you're grateful for them, you're giving them, you're receiving with them, and and just kind of some of the things to consider about that. Uh, keeping them reciprocal in some way. Um, if it's your friend, you're doing something back for your friend. You're showing your appreciation in some way. And if it's not your friend, but you're expecting a personal relationship, that's probably not really a good thing to to be going for um i guess to wrap up the i just think these relationships are very powerful and right and hopefully very positive um you know they can really be rewarding on on both sides and the fewer sort of vague expectations you have <laughs> i think the better just kind of taking it as it comes taking what's offered um in in true friendship or generosity and um and giving that, if you have that opportunity to give that to someone that you care about, um, you're giving them a, an amazing gift. Right. So it's it's important for both sides to be to be open to um, to keep expectations low, however, yeah, um, and uh, um, and to have a a relationship that's open and giving, and yeah. and, and, and to be to be putting your ego aside and think about things from the other person's perspective and right. make sure that it's a, a reciprocal relationship where everybody's gaining something. Yeah. And, and keep the communication open. Cause yeah. I think when things go sour, it's because the mentee is getting a little resentful that the mentor is pushing too hard or the mentor is getting a little re- resentful because the mentee is expecting too much and, and so on, you know, so trying to be, you know, open about it saying, this is good. Or, you know, maybe we need to back off a little bit. So that's about it for this time. Next time, yeah, we're going to talk more about the more formal kinds of things where you seek a mentor that you're actually paying for their services and how that works um, on both sides of it, whether you want to offer those services or whether you're going to seek them out. All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. 
please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com as well as www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.